You are listening to the weekly podcast of The Sanctuary in Huntsville, Alabama. We pray you enjoy today's message. Verse 20 said, How be it as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up, came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And I need you to help me and put it in the atmosphere. Amen. And just maybe nudge somebody, tell them, get up. You still have work to do. Amen. Tell them, get up. I know y'all were real quiet. Tell them, get up. You still have work to do. The 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 Bible, or necessarily, uh, particularly the book of Acts, is the beginning of the church age. Time is divided into seven dispensations. Uh, Adam and Eve in the garden were in the time of innocence. Well, once they came out of innocence, God dealt with their conscience. Because when they disobeyed God, they were conscious of what they were done. So that second time uh, after innocence, that second dispensation is conscience. During the time of conscience, God dealt with man's conscience. And then if you study Genesis chapter one through chapter six, there is an incredible decline. Adam and Eve ate the fruit. Their sons, uh, their son committed murder. And after their son commits murder, that's, I'm going to be honest, that's why it's very important to you that you do the right thing because uh, you have to understand whether the next generation uh, is watching or not, the level that you live at will affect the next generation. Hallelujah. I'm going to say where you live today is affecting your children. So if you live alone today, how are you going to expect them to come up higher than you? Mm. Amen. We're planting seeds. I'm, everybody in here, somebody's following you whether you want them to or not. You, you know, we live in the day of internet influencers. Everybody in here, you're influencing somebody. Whether you want to influence them or not, you're influencing somebody. So Adam and Eve eat the fruit. So the next generation, their son Cain kills Abel. Then, then the next generation from chapter one to chapter number six, God looks at men in the book of Genesis and says that it repented my, me that I even created man. And, and so God repents and he says, I got to do something about repentance. Can I tell you, I, I taught this the other day. What God teaches us is whatever has caused you to repent has to die. And God teaches us that. He said, I repented that I made man, so I've got to wipe them off and start all over. And we know Noah uh, moves in, and then, and then after we get innocence and we get uh, conscience, then we move into Noah's day, which was human government, and God helped them set up government, and, and they set up government, and and God dealt with human government, then God gives promise to Abraham in chapter number 12. He promised him that he was going to bless him. He promised, he gives the promise in Genesis chapter number 12. He gives a promise. So that's then our fourth uh, dispensation of time. He gives them a promise. And after Abraham from chapter number 12 
of the book of Genesis all the way to St. John chapter number one. We're dealing with no, all the way into the book of Leviticus, rather, from Genesis 12 into the book of Leviticus. You deal with the promise. Then God gives the law to Moses, gives the law. So then the day number five or the fifth dispensation is five, is, is the law. He gives the law to Moses. Then from, from Leviticus all the way into uh, St. John chapter number one, where the Bible says, uh, chapter number one, around verse number 12, grace and truth, he said the law was given to Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm feeling Holy Ghost happy in my spirit. Uh, I love his word. His word is phenomenal. And then the Bible after, uh, the Bible says grace came by Jesus Christ. And so on the, on the day of Pentecost ushered in a new age, the day that we are living in, some call it the church age. It's the sixth day. Uh, it is the sixth day. So you have conscience. Then after conscience, you have uh, uh, you have innocence rather than you have conscience, then you have human government. Then God gave the promise. Then after he gave the promise, he gave the law. Then after he gave the law, the church age, we're in the church age today. And the church age opened up on the day of Pentecost when they were all in one place. They were all in one group. And the Holy Ghost failed on the day of Pentecost. Now we deal with the church age. So the church age is dealing with from St. John or really the book of Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrew, James, Peter, John, John, Jude. All of that is the church age. Then you get into Revelation chapter number one, chapter number two, and chapter three, you're dealing with the church age. Then after the church age, which we are living in today, you get into chapter three, you step into kingdom, which if we make it through the church age, we will live eternally into the kingdom. Let me share something with you. Boy, I feel like preaching this thing is in my spirit. Uh, let me share something with you. It's imperative that you get salvation right today. It's imperative that uh, but you understand that there is one Lord and there is one faith and there is one God, Father of all, in you all, through you all, and his name is Jesus. And, and, and the Bible is not contradicting itself. Uh, if you look in the Bible, the Bible of Matthew 28 does not contradict Acts 2 and 38. He says, baptize them in the name. That name is Jesus. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. I don't want to know how, if I can say Jesus over my fried chicken, I can sure say Jesus over my life. If I can say Jesus healed me of cancer, I sure can be baptized in his name. If I'm in a car accident and I call Jesus, how come I can't allow him, amen, his name to be called over me when I go down in Jesus' name? 
You really not, and can I go a little bit further? You don't even find the word Trinity in the Bible. In order to get Trinity, you have to step out of the Bible uh, close to 300 years later after Jesus dies at the Council of Nicene with Constantine. Then you get the Trinity. But anytime you deal with God, you, I wish I cannot teach. Anytime you deal with God, he said, I'm one. Beside me, there is none other. I am God and I change not. Hallelujah. And so the church age that we live in started in the book of Acts. Everything that's happening in the book of Acts ought to be happening in the church today. Everything that's going on and what they did in the church age then is they had a mentality. And this is where I want to focus on. They had a they had a evangelism mentality, had a mentality that they were not ashamed of walking with God. They had a mentality that they were not ashamed to do right. They were not ashamed to live for Jesus. They were not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, they were bold about, I love Jesus. They were, they were bold about talking about the name of Jesus. They were bold about living holy. They were bold about walking right. They had a mindset, amen, that it was not just about church. It was not just a place that I went to on Sunday. It was not just a place that I went to on Wednesday, but I, I, it was a lifestyle that they lived. Uh, see, in the Western world, the Bible uh, is, is something that, that we pick up, and if we want to, uh, if it fits my lifestyle, then I'll fit it in. But when you look and go over to Israel, it is what directs their life. Uh, it conduct, it's what leads their life. Uh, a, a real Israelite, and I'm not talking about these new black Hebrews, I'm praying for them. They need Jesus too. I wish I had time to talk about it. Uh, I don't care. Can I tell you something? I don't care whether Jesus is black, white. I don't care whether he's purple, green, red. If a man decided to die on Calvary for my sin I and shed blood for me, I don't care what color he is. Y'all don't have to say nothing. But Peter and Paul, they had a mindset. The church had a mindset that we've got to be about our father's business. They had a mindset that it's not about my life. Everything about my life is wrapped up in Jesus. They had a mindset that Jesus was the center of my focus. He directed my life. It, he, it was not that it was this added lifestyle and, and I come to him when I'm in trouble, but amen. It was that Jesus, uh, I'm focused on advancing his kingdom. I'm I'm focused on advancing the body of Christ. I'm focused, my life is about advancing God's program. Everything I do is to promote Jesus. Everything I, everywhere I go is to tell somebody about Jesus. Everything I do is about Jesus. And, and the Bible said that they knew that persecution was a part 
of walking with God. I want to tell somebody in 2023, January 1, 2023, you, there is no way in the world you can effectively walk with God without going through something. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. We might as well get it out of our mind. We might as well get a clear understanding that when you choose to walk with Jesus, you're going to be lied on. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to have sickness. You're going to have struggles. They that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There's no way in the world you can walk with God without suffering some type of persecution. I want you to understand something. There's no victory without struggle. There's no healing without being sick. There's no being delivered without being, amen, without having problem. If you're going to have victory, you have to have an opponent. There's no boxing boxer that won without an opponent. There's nobody that wins a championship without an opponent. You're going to have to go through some. Lord have mercy. You're going to have to go through. you got to get it in your head. you got to get it in your mind that the moment you decide to walk with God, Satan has you on his radar. You got to get it in your mind that the moment you decide, for God I'm going to live and for God I'm going to die, Satan has made up his mind ah, that, I, that you are his enemy and he's coming for you. Uh, we want to live and we want to preach a gospel that's free from trouble. And I want you to understand that that is absolutely impossible. There's no way in the world that you're going to go through this life and walk with God. And matter of fact, jo uh, Job said it, man, in chapter number 14 of the book of Job, he said, man that is born of a woman is full of trouble. Amen. Just life, you're going to have some struggles. But if you walk with God, hear me today, you're going to have some issues. But I want you to understand something. When you walk with God, you're going to have issues, but you're going to already be victorious. It's a fixed fight. Amen. And so God is wanting us to understand that they, they had it in their mind that I'm going to do the will of God. I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm not just going to be a casual church goer. I'm not just going, I hope somebody's hearing me. I'm not just going to, amen, just casually fit God on my calendar. But every, every day of my life, I'm going to advance God's kingdom. Matter of fact, I'm looking for somebody that I can tell about Jesus. I'm not going to be slack in my walk with God. I'm not going to, amen, be slack. I was, I was sharing with, we had a group that was here last night from Bloomington and and, and, and a few weeks ago when the evangelist Ashanti uh, ministered so well, I was there in Bloomington and I, and I was instructing their leaders. I said, if you're exhausted, you should be. If you're tired, you 
should be. Because if you do the work of the Lord, it, amen, and you're not tired, something is wrong. If you do the, y'all not going to hear me, amen, if you are doing the will of God and you don't hit the wall, something is wrong. Because when you do God's will, everything is going to come against you. You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be talked about. It's just part of the process. I'm trying to get us to understand. Amen. It's part of the process. But God gives victory when we don't quit. God's going to give you victory. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. God's going to give you the victory. I'm going to say it again. God's going to give you the victory. I'm going to say it again. God is going to give you the victory. Amen. And the Bible teaches us this, this many scriptures. David says something. He said, when I looked at the world and I saw uh, that they did not honor God, but they had everything that they wanted. I saw that they were blessed. I, I saw they, they lived raggedy lives, but it seemed like they were wealthy. I saw that they did not honor God, but it seemed like their houses were bigger than ours. I saw that they did not honor God. They lived rambunctious and raggedy lives, but God blessed them. I mean, but they were still blessed. He said, my foot had almost slipped. And I don't know how you feel. Hey Amen. Sometime when you walk with God, you feel like, my goodness, what else do I have to go through? Sometime when you walk with God, you feel like, Lord, it looks like the world is living raggedy and they are still blessed. It looks like, amen, the wicked are overcoming. Anybody ever felt like that? I'm trying to do everything that I can do and it seemed like my money's funny, my family's acting crazy, I'm, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm going to church and it seemed like the more I go, amen, the more trouble that I I mean, but I just want you to understand God is just setting you up for deliverance. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. God is just setting you up for deliverance. I, somebody didn't hear me. I said God is just setting you up for deliverance because the world can't handle your struggle. And the truth of the matter is the enemy is not fighting you. I want you to understand something. You have to get yourself out of God's way. The enemy is not fighting you. He's fighting the God in you. And the only way that he can stop what God has planned for your life is if he pressures you to the point where you quit. Hey man, I'm going to say that again. The only way he can stop what God is trying to do in your life is if he pressures you so much to you throw up your hand and you say, hey man, I can't handle the pressure. Hey man, he knows he can't stop God. He knows, hey man, that you have to throw up your hands and quit. So what he does is he tries everything. Hey 
amen he tries he'll mess with your money he'll mess with your family relationships he'll mess with your children he'll mess with your marriage he'll mess with your job and you have to understand that it's not about you tap somebody and tell them it ain't about you in 23 it ain't about you it's about God it's about God amen matter of fact tap yourself tell them it ain't about me it's about advancing God's plan everything the enemy is doing is to stop what God wants to do in your life every problem that you face is because the enemy has peeked into your future and he sees that you're an overcomer and he's trying to stop you before you overcome but I have made up my mind hey man the enemy you should have killed me in 22 since I made it to 23 I'm going to be victorious. Lord, I feel like talking. You got to amen. You have to declare. Matter of fact, put it in the atmosphere. I am an overcomer. Amen. I will not quit. I will not, I will not backslide. I will not give up on God. I will not quit on God. Matter of fact, amen. Matter of fact, I'm going to do more damage in my future than I did in my past. I'm going to bring more souls to Christ in my future than I did in my past. Oh, the Bible is profound because they had a mindset uh, that we're going to walk with God. Amen. And God wants us to have that mindset today that I'm going to give it up for God. I'm not going to halfway walk with him. I'm going to walk with him with all I got. I'm not going to give God a casual relationship, but I'm going to fortify myself. Matter of fact, I'm going to love God more than I've ever loved him before. For. I'm going to do more today than I've ever done before. The Bible said that they understood that, hey man, Paul is on his, he on one of his, he had missionary journeys and he's on one of his missionary journeys. Watch this. And the Bible said he goes to a place that was a place of idol worship. The Bible said he steps down into a place, into Iconium and while he's there, there were Jews and Greeks, and some Jews believed, and some did not. The Bible said that when uh, the multitude was divided, amen, that some had believed, and some did not. And those that did not believe, they went to tell everybody else that we're going to turn everybody against Paul. Can I talk? Can I help you? Can God spoke to me uh, this year and he said quit hanging with folk that don't believe. <laughs> Can I help you stop spending time with people that don't believe? Amen. Stop. I wish I stop giving people that don't believe your energy. Stop giving people that don't like you your time. Stop giving people that don't believe in the God. Stop. Y'all not going to hear me. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Why spend time worrying about folk that don't believe? Why spend time? How many times have we witnessed to the same person that after 20 times they know what you're going to say? Y'all not going to hear me. After 10 times, they already know. When you roll up, they know you're going to tell them about Jesus. Stop spending time with folks that have
have not made a decision and go find somebody that's looking for Jesus. Y'all, hallelujah. Amen. Stop spending time with folk that won't invest their resources in the kingdom. Stop spending. Y'all, I wish I could talk here. Amen. You guys, you have to understand that people that don't see the God in you will try to take the God out of you. Amen. Because every time you show up, you condemn them. Uh, but you got to understand that in this season, I'm only giving myself uh, to them that want uh, that, that to believe. Uh, I'm looking for, is there anybody that want a way out? Uh, uh, when we were praying the other day, young man uh, at the gas station, I walked up. I said, would you allow me to pray? He said, no, I don't want you praying for me. I'm not religious. I wasn't about to beg him. I said, amen. I'm not about, listen, y'all don't hear me. If we, we got the best thing going this side of heaven. And if somebody don't want it, God bless you. But God, let me find somebody that wants a change. I wish I could, I wish I could talk to somebody. How many nights have you worried about somebody that don't like you? How many nights are we, can I preach this thing like I feel it? How many times have we worried over folk that have talked about you? Well, they're just testifying, hey man, that you're a child of God. How many times have you spent time worrying about people uh, that don't even care about you? They run you down, but they don't care. In this new season, I hear God saying, you got to turn over a new leaf. You've got to have the audacity to say, if you don't like me, it's all right. Hey Amen. I don't hate you, but I man, but I ain't spending time with you. I gotta spend time with somebody that's gonna add to me. If all you do is draw and take away from me, I can't let you do it. I can't let you take my time. I can't let you take my energy. I can't let you take my resources. I'm going to do like the five playman wise virgins that had their oil and their lamps. They told the other five, if you don't have no oil, you can't have none of mine. Go get your own oil. Lord have mercy. I'm gonna I wanna park here for a minute. You gotta understand that those that don't understand the call on your life. They, matter of fact, hey man, do not deserve your time. Can I give you scripture? The Bible said that there was a man by the name of Jairus. Some call him Jairus. Some call him Jairus. He had a daughter that was that had died, and Jesus was on his way to Jairus's house. The Bible said that he here comes Jairus's servant said, "Leave Jesus alone. Don't bother Jesus." because uh, your daughter is dead. And I want you to understand that God specializes in dead things. Lord, I wish I could, I feel like talking. He, he specializes in reviving dead 
things. He stepped into Lazarus' tomb, said, come forth. He said, Lazarus, get up out that grave. And the Bible said that they called to Jesus. Amen. Matter of fact, they called to Jairus' house. And everybody's in there crying. Everybody's in there weeping. And the Bible said that Jesus said she is not sleep. But she's not dead, but she only sleeps. And the Bible said they laughed him to scorn. When people laugh at your vision, keep it moving. When people laugh at what God, y'all not going to hear me, what God is doing in your life, don't give them the time of day and stay focused that I'm going to advance God's kingdom. Jesus put everybody that was laughing out and said, I only got space in my life for this miracle for believers. In this new season, only make room for believers. Y'all, I feel like talking. Amen. If you want to sleep well at night, only make room for believers. Only make room for those that understand there's a call on your life. Only make room. And the Bible said in chapter, in our text, the Bible said that what happens now, the Bible said in chapter 14 that they preach the gospel but when they began to spread the word and the lies about Paul and Barnabas the Bible said they stoned Paul and they supposed that he was dead Lord that, that right there Lord gives me life right there because the enemy thought it was over for you they thought amen they not gonna make it they thought amen that it wasn't gonna work they thought that it wasn't gonna happen they left you for dead but I hear God saying amen what the enemy meant for evil God meant it for good they supposed that the life was gone but how many know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world if I got God I am the majority Shout hallelujah hallelujah I'm gonna say that again shout hallelujah Bible said uh, they stoned him. They threw rocks at him. That is a hideous death. Amen. I don't know how you feel. None of us have really suffered physically for the gospel's sake. But they picked up stones and began to hurl them at Paul. Amen. Have you ever been talked about and lied on so much until you felt like Lord? Hey man, I might as well go hide and die somewhere. Have you ever felt like God? You know I'm doing good, but every time I do good, they keep throwing stones at me. And the Bible said, watch this, y'all. The Bible said that they supposing him to be dead, but he had the disciples stand around him. Again, my brothers and sisters, you've got to understand in this season, keep those around you that know what 
God is doing in your life. Amen. The Bible said they surrounded him. Amen. They said, Paul, you got to get up from here. And I want you to understand something. It's time to get up. God is expecting you to fulfill his will. God is expecting you to go win somebody for Christ. God is expecting you, amen, to get up from where you are and go to work. Amen. There's more anointing in you. There's more power in you. Amen. There's more favor in you. There's more power and anointing in you. Amen. But I hear God saying, surround yourself with the right people. Real quick, just tap somebody and tell them, surround your folk, yourself with the right people. Tell them, surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with folk that know how to pray. Surround yourself with folk that know how to speak into your life. Surround yourself with somebody that knows how to pour in rather than take out. Surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with anointed people. Surround yourself with prayer warriors. Surround yourself with the right people. Can you shout hallelujah? Lord, I'm feeling God in my sanctified soul. You gotta look in your circle. Who's in the your circle. Are they praying for you? Are they fasting with you? Are they telling you that God's hand is on your life? Look at your circle. Are they just there for the fishes and the loaves? Are they just there because you paid for their dinner? Are they just there because you paying for the game? Are they just there? Y'all ain't going to hear me. I need somebody around me that when the enemy come in I need them to hang in there with me and say, get up. There's still more work to do. God is not finished with you. And I hear God trying to tell somebody, it's time to get up. Amen. Time to get up from where you are. There's more anointing in you. There's more power in you. There's more favor. Lord have mercy amen put it in the air say get up it's time to get up get up time to get up I know you're hurt but get up amen I know you've been abused but get up I know you're not like but get up there's more work in you and if you notice what the Bible said Paul doesn't even talk about them that stoned him can I help somebody stop talking about the y'all I got to go he does not even mention who threw the stone. He does not even talk about hey man who lied on him. He doesn't even talk about why he was abused. He doesn't even, Yahweh couldn't like me. He got up and the next day kept on preaching. Can I tell you hey man trial and test are part of living right. But you don't have to dwell on them. Get up out of there and move forward. Time to tell somebody about Jesus. Time to tell somebody. Hey, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. It's time to get up and move forward. You have work to do. Somebody else needs to know that you've been through it and still got a hallelujah. Somebody else needs to know that you've been persecuted. 
but you're still thankful. Uh, somebody need to know uh, that you've been wrongly accused, uh, but you still got a hallelujah. It's time to get up, and there's more work to do. There's more souls to save. There's more lives to bring into Jesus, but you got to get up and shake yourself and move forward. They don't even deserve an honorable mention. Get up and move forward. They don't even deserve for you to utter their name. Get up and move forward. They don't even deserve a memo in the scripture. Paul does not even mention who did them wrong. How many hours have we spent worrying about who did us wrong? How many hours have we spent focused on yesteryear? And complaining about who did this, who did that, who. That's why we can't move forward. The way you defeat the enemy is to finish the work God has given you to do. I'm going to say that again. The way you defeat the enemy is to finish what God called you to do. Paul does not even mention who stoned him. The Bible said he surrounds himself with believers and those believers start praying for him. The way you know somebody's with you, and they pick up the phone, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Can I just pray for you? Sure. Father, in the name of Jesus. I don't need to know all the stuff you're going through. Somebody called me and said, can I share something with you? I said, yes. I said, when we were in Phoenix three years ago, the Lord led for me every day to, I, I didn't even know who this person was. She said, I started going on my face every day for you. I said, God began to show me what he was going to do. And, and I said, that's somebody I want to keep in my circle. But when the phone rang, hey, what's going on? What you doing? What you want? I don't have this time because I've got an assignment. And there's souls that have to be saved, that have to be delivered. God is depending on us to fulfill his will. If you notice after this point, he does more work after being stoned than he did before. The stoning was not to stop Paul, but it was to stop the assignment that God had on Paul's life. So if Paul would die, there would be no church at Philippi. If he would have died here, there would be no midnight jailhouse rock. There would be no Paul and Silas. There would be no, there, if Paul would have died right here, there would have been no Lydia. There would have been no jailer that was saved. But he had to get up because somebody else needs to be saved. Get up 
They do not deserve to fill your mind. Oh my God. I, I wish I could preach this thing like it's in me. And I'm going to tell you, God gave me this in experience. He said, listen, I allowed it because there's more work to be done. I'll deal with the naysayer. I just need you to get up and go to work. Sometimes we have that Medea mentality. God working too slow for me. I got to get him. But the Bible said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. And this year, 2023, get up, shake it off, and go to work. Do not bring this mess that has happened in these previous years and this attitude of worry and despondency and complain and we carry it over into another year. Not this time. I'm dropping it all where it should be and in this season, I'm getting up, I'm gonna shake myself and I'm gonna go do what God called me to do. Get up and let's go to work. There's still more work for you. Oh Lord, I feel God. God trying to help us. And the reason he takes you through and allows this, one, to reveal the hearts of people, but two, some of us would not have compassion had we not suffered through something. Some of us would be so arrogant if God didn't take us through some struggle. Oh, hallelujah. We wouldn't pray for nobody else, but God had to take us through where we couldn't get a prayer through and had to have somebody else praying for us. So now you know what it feels like to suffer so bad. Get up and let's go to work. He doesn't even mention who stole him. If you look at, oh my God. They drug him. They not only stoned him, but the Bible said they drug him outside. He did get him out the city. Dropped him outside the city. Supposing that he was dead. God will take your last breath and give you life. Boy, I feel like preaching. Folk will count you out, but God will count you in. What am I trying to say today? Leave whoever hurt you, don't even mention their name. Can I give you some more Bible? Bible says, Bible says that uh, uh, there was a man, Saul, King Saul and Jonathan died, and they were killed in battle. And the Bible said that there was a nurse that had Jonathan's son named Mephibosheth, and the nurse, her assignment was to take care of Mephibosheth. The Bible does not give us her name. And so she, when she hears that Jonathan and his father died and his Saul, his grandfather, were dead, she thought they were coming to kill the grandbaby. And she, in haste, drops him. And from that day forward, he's five years old when he gets dropped. From that moment forward, 
He's known as he's lame on his feet. He's not known by my father is Jonathan. My father is Saul. I mean, my father, yes, is, is Saul. And my, my grandfather is Saul and my father is Jonathan. From therefore, everybody relates to him as the man he's lame on his feet. In other words, he's a cripple. How many times have you been labeled by the mistake somebody else did to you? He didn't drop himself. That's why I don't like nicknames. Where did that name come from? Sometimes you are called all your life by the mistakes somebody else. Can I talk? You're molested and that's how you act and, then, and that's how you're known. Or, yeah, can I teach? And so the Bible said it came time for David to bless him. And they said, yes, there's a, there's a, he said, is there anybody left from Saul's house, from Jonathan's house that I can bless? And they said, yes, but he's lame on his feet. The Bible doesn't even give us the name of the person that dropped him. Stop giving your, your accuser a name. Stop giving the one that dropped you a name. They don't have, they're not worthy to be named. Stop giving the one that don't like you a name. Stop putting it in the atmosphere who they are. The Bible doesn't even mention the nurse's name. If they dropped you, don't even talk about them. Say, thank you, God, that I'm still alive. Thank God that he's still giving me breath in my body. Thank God, yes, you bruised me, but he's healing me. He's delivering me. Yes, I'm healed. I'm delivered. I don't, de you don't deserve to be mentioned in time, but God still, no matter what you tried, he blessed me. No matter what you tried, he's kept me. In spite of what you did, he's still delivering me. The Bible doesn't even mention her. Doesn't even talk about her. And, and David says, bring him to me. I want to bless him. That's just like Jesus. The world has messed with you. But he said, bring him. I want to bless you. I'm going to change your clothes. I'm going to give you a seat at my table. You're going to eat with me because you're my child. Get up. And I hear, I hear some people, yes, pastor, that's easy. But you don't know. Let me talk to you real quick. All of us have suffered abuse. And I'm not diminishing your, your level. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But I am magnifying the God of my salvation. He can heal any part of you that's broken. When you give yourself over to him, oh God, he will make you look like you've never been broken. He'll clean you up so bad, so good, that the world won't even recognize that you're a child of God. When you turn yourself over to God, he'll bless you so much that you won't even look like you've been hurt. Paul gets up the next day, doesn't even mention who stoned him. 
He says, I got to preach. We must be about our father's business. We got to get up and we got to move forward. There's souls all around here need salvation. And we're giving time to the one that hurt us. When God is saying, I need you to go witness. I need you to evangelize. I need you to make full proof of your ministry. I'm not going to remove the pain, but I still am, am looking for you to fulfill my will in your life. <laughs> I'm through. Will you stand? He doesn't even mention. Stop putting them, stop giving them life. Woo! We got work to do. Oh, hallelujah. He doesn't even put their name in the book. I hear the Lord no good when he withhold from them and walk up right before him. It's time to get up. And let's go to work. It's time to get up and allow God to use you. Somebody told me years ago, a preacher told me, he said, he said, I, I can't. He said, I don't know how you handle all of this stuff. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, people talk about you every day. I said, I don't know about it. I don't care. He, he said, they call me. I said, well, I said, you must be listening to it. Y'all, somebody just missed that. When somebody bring you stuff, you better question. Because they had to sit at the table. A young man sat in my office one day and he was questioning me. And, and while he was questioning me, thank you, Jesus. I saw him sitting at his kitchen table with his boys. And he was in my office. And I, I couldn't even really hear what he was saying because I, the Lord was showing me him and his boys talking about me. And, and, and I could see the kitchen table. And, and uh, he said, Bishop, are you okay? I said, I'm good. I said, the problem is last night, you and so-and-so were sitting at your kitchen table. And I said, y'all talked about me and, they, and you had the audacity to tell them that you would come in here and question me today. I said, you had the audacity to sit in that meeting with them at your kitchen table. I said, so-and-so was to your left and so-and-so was on your right. I said, and this is what the kitchen looked like. And he said, how did you know? I said, why are you talking? God was showing it to you. I said, now get out of my office. I'm not playing with you. We got kingdom work to do. We got a witness to souls. I'm, I'm not playing games with this. I mean, I mean this thing for real. I said, get your stuff and get out of my office because you're playing games. I don't have this kind of time. I just want to talk to you. No, you don't. <laughs> In this season, do not give people the time of day that won't give you the time of day. I mean that. Why give yourself when you have ministry the Bible said, Nehemiah said, I can't come down, y'all. He said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a hammer in one hand, and I'm going to get 
a sword in the other. So I'm going to fight and build. But I can't come down. God is expecting you in this in the year 2023. Listen, ministry is going to be easier because we were faithful while, the, while we were suffering. And watch God bring souls in. Oh, hallelujah. I said this last night. I said, what? I said, this year, this time next year, there will not be an empty seat for watch night service. And I'm not talking about inviting a whole bunch of churches to fill a seat either. God has given us vision, and we're going to work the vision and the plan. And we're going to expect God and watch God expand ministry. Amen. I came in. Uh, Friday, I said, I got to fill up this pool because somebody's going down in Jesus' name. I didn't know I was going to get an inbox saying somebody wants to go down in Jesus' name. But I heard God say, hey, get that together because we need to feel somebody needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. You have an assignment to do. God's got to get up. You're going to be talked about. You're going to be laughed at. But it's not about you. Oh, Lord. It's about you. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in, in us. If you're not saved, you can be baptized in Jesus' name. If, you don't, if you've never been baptized, hallelujah. You can be baptized in Jesus' name. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you repent, God will give you the Holy Ghost. It's free. Jesus paid for it. And without the Holy Ghost, we will not hear that rapture call. When Jesus comes, those that have the Holy Ghost will hear that call. We will have made ourselves ready. We got to get out of here. Do you want to leave here? Hallelujah. I don't care who win a Super Bowl. I want to go to heaven. Hallelujah. I don't care how many times LeBron James put a ball through a hoop. I want to go to heaven. I, I'm serious. And, I, and, and I'm a basketball fan. And, and, and I don't care. But I want to see Jesus. Anybody want to see Jesus? If you're not saved, you can come today. We have a change of clothes. Or you may have been like Sister Williams, brought your old clothes. That's okay, too. We can baptize you in Jesus' name. And, and young people, hear me. Don't get caught up in this world today. There are demons riding through these phones. Amen. Amen. They're exposing you to sexual perversion. They're exposing you to drugs. And any time an underdeveloped mind is overstimulated, that's a disaster. Because you can't handle all this stuff they're pumping at you. So now you got all these images you're wrestling with in your mind, and they're in your sleep, and then the, they're in the movies, and, and they're pumping this stuff into you all day long. No wonder so many young people got mind problems. God is in my mind. The Bible said he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. You keep your mind on Jesus. 
I'm not going to tell you you won't have problems, but he'll help your mind. Amen. He, I'm, I know he's a mind regulator. Father, we thank you and we bless your name for your word. Help us to get up. And in this last hour, go do what you have called us to do. We're going to run into opposition and problems. But God, we know that you are with us and you've already given us victory. We thank you, Lord, for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Give us a mind to evangelize and to tell men and women to come in. Refine the work that's in us. Oh, my. We're not too young. We're not too old to serve. Revive the work that is in us, oh God. Draw men and women into the body of Christ. And God, we give your name glory today. And we give your name praise. Can you give God praise, everybody? Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.